All right. Happy Easter, everyone. He is risen. He is risen. Amen. Great to uh, see you all here. Welcome to uh, everyone online. Um, This is definitely not ideal. This is not how we would love it to be. Our Easter services are always packed, standing room only. Uh, But we can either look at it as the cup is half full or the cup is half empty. And last year we had no one in the sanctuary. So I think this is kind of a cup is half full moment. And it's great to have at least this many people here. Uh, We do have some overflow seating. um, So if you see people come in or if you feel uncomfortable with the spacing or anything, we do have seating next door in the coffee shop. And you can watch the service on the projection screen. And there's also... Um, overflow seating in the basement mainly for families with kids and there's a TV down there and the, the, uh, the service will be available on the TV down there as well. So we want to accommodate everyone. We had a wonderful sunrise service this morning with about 70 or 80 people. That was kind of a, 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 just a great thing and I've been here 20 plus years and we've never done a sunrise service. And I think it might become a new tradition. I think it might be a new thing. It was really pretty awesome. So. A couple of quick announcements before we get started here. Uh, One, this is for all you kiddos out there, online and in person, Um, but Kids Camp. Kids Camp was very different last year, but Kids Camp is going to be back uh, this summer, July 12th through the 16th, in person over at Faith Lutheran. They're actually going to do two, I've got got some some excited kids out there, I can see that. there are going to actually be two different sessions, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, so they can kind of spread the kids out. They're going to maintain social distancing. Uh, we'll see where we're at in July, what that looks like, uh, but definitely kids be planning for kids camp this summer. Um, Tom and Angela, I believe, are downstairs. They've got some postcards with some information on how to register. Uh, there's information on the website and the weekly email as well, and I think kids... Um, those postcards might come with a little treat. So make sure you find Mr. Tom and Miss Angela after the service and uh, get your postcard and your treat. The only other thing I want to mention this morning is Luke Runyon, who is um, back from Africa right now, but he's already looking forward at his next assignment. Um, He's going to be with an organization called World Embrace uh, starting in June. And uh, this is a new position. He presented about it last week, and he's going to be doing another presentation in a few weeks about it. But we encourage you to get behind him in this. At a minimum, be praying for him um, as he prepares to leave again in June for Uganda uh, for at least a year. He's making a full year commitment. We'll see where it goes from there. But his heart is definitely in Africa. And so we want to encourage you to help out there. You can get more information on the website. Uh, there's also ways to give. He, uh, this is not going to be a salaried position like he's had for the last few years. Um, it'll be a full support position. So we want to get behind him financially as well. So make sure to keep him in your prayers. So let's go ahead and pray. And then we will worship the Lord together. Almighty God, we just come before you thanking you for this awesome Resurrection Sunday. Lord, we are so grateful to be able to come together um, in person like this and to celebrate, to just worship you, and to thank you for uh, what was done on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. We thank you, Jesus, that you died for us. We thank you that you were the atoning sacrifice for our sins, uh, that you, you bore the brunt of our sins as you were stricken on the cross. And we thank you that you were raised from the dead, that the resurrection happened, that it is a fact, and that we can uh, just rest our hope in the resurrection, and we can rest our eternal life in that. So we praise you this morning. We worship you. We just invite you to be with us as we we lift your name. In your name we pray. 
Amen. Let's worship together. Why don't we stand and worship the Lord together? Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment. Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling This is the praise make a dead man walk again Open the grave, I'm coming out I'm gonna live, gonna live again This is the sound of dry bones rattling
God sent his son They call him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He bled and died To buy my Savior lives. Sing it out because he lives and because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he
Let's sing that chorus again. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know God, we're here this morning because you live. God, we're grateful. We're thankful for the life that you've given each of us. God, not just this life here on earth, but eternal life with you because of your death and your resurrection. We can live with you forever. God, thank you. So God, would you be honored here today? Would you be worshiped here today? Would you be lifted up higher than anything else and glorified here today? And God, let your will be done in this place. Say what you want to say, and God, open our ears to hear. We love you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Morning. So just a side note. When 10 people come up to you and say you look nice, you realize quickly you don't dress up very often. I was like, I do own nice clothes. I just don't wear them. So today is Resurrection Sunday, also known as Easter. It is a point in time that the cross dictates our history and the resurrection dictates our future. Luke 24 says this, he is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of the sinners, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. See this verse for us, our celebration in the whole of resurrection story can also be a little bit confusing. We know that this is part of why we're here. We're, we're celebrating Easter, and we come out on this day in large numbers, but there can also be struggle around this. Like, what, what does this resurrection really look like? So in this story, we know that Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, and a handful of other women went to the tomb. And in that process, they recognized that Jesus wasn't there. The, the stone had been rolled away, and their first response was confusion. 
uncertainty. How can this be, even though Jesus had been telling them all along that this is exactly what would happen? And then we find people like Thomas, who even in the midst of walking and standing right before the Lord, still didn't believe it. He's like, now I gotta, I gotta stick my hands into your wounds. So even for those people, and I tell you this because for us today, thousands of years later, it can be confusing and it can be difficult. For those that walked with Jesus, that saw him crucified, that stood literally before him, they also struggled. They had to come to grips with what it was that they had just seen. For all of us, for myself included, and others that I know follow Jesus, at some point in time, that struggle has to be addressed. But be encouraged. I think a lot of people have walked through it. I've walked through it in a healthy way. There were times where I was like, how can this actually be? We have to battle through and come to an understanding of what the knowledge of the resurrection is because it becomes the starting point. So the resurrection for us as followers of Jesus is the starting point for life. And just to clarify, this is the fun thing about this for everyone in this room, no matter how you've come to this place today, we all have the exact same starting point. We have all come through the journey having been broken, having been seen as sinful, in need of redemption and a rescue. We stand here together understanding that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were not right before God. There was a point in time that everybody were, were in a position, whether you're five years old, 20 years old, 50, 60, 70, however you came into your understanding of Jesus and the resurrection, we all come with the same background. Our sin must be dealt with. Redemption and rescue is necessary. So today, we're going to address some of what we see in and around us. I recognize that we even come to it in the midst of a world that's battling against Christianity, battling against this message of resurrection. Our world is full of suffering and confusion. And believe me, as you guys know, there is no shortage of mistruths, there's no shortage of half-truths, and there's no shortage of full-out lies. Our society is becoming more and more polarized by our differences and our fears. And even though people for millennia have been trying to snuff out the resurrection story, to distort it, to silence it, to destroy it entirely, they've tried to rename it, decorate it with eggs and bunnies and candy. But thankfully, we have a unique purpose established in God's truth. So praise be to God this morning that the strength of the gospel holds true and it is completely unchanged. Our focus today, one question. I'm just going to bring one question. I'm going to kind of talk about it in a couple different ways. Our question comes straight from Jesus. And he asks you this, do you believe? Do you believe the resurrection? So your answer to that question is going to shape everything. It's going to shape your life, your decisions, your perceptions of things in and around you, how you treat people, and ultimately, it's going to shape your position before a holy and just God. This was the question. John 11 says, Jesus said to her, 
I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So that's a little confusing. So you're never going to die, but you're going to die, but you're not going to die. Do you believe this? So Jesus in this is talking to Martha. This comes out of John 11. And Martha in this moment is not really pleased with Jesus because Jesus in her mind is tardy. She's not shown up in time. Her brother has died and he's been laying dead in a tomb himself. And she confronts him and says, where have you been? Like, what's going on? If you were here sooner, we could have solved all of this. And he answers her with this. I am the resurrection and the life. If you die, you will not die again. Do you believe? And the this is really important. So the this in this refers to resurrection and eternal life. She believed that Jesus was who he said he was because she reiterated it to him. You're Jesus, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God, blah, blah, blah. We all know this stuff. Things that we all know by coming to church. But he says, do you believe this? And for her, it wasn't completely true because one, she hadn't seen her brother raised from the dead yet. And two, she's not seen Jesus raised from the dead yet. So she's a little bit mystified as what it is that he's talking about. But for us, we know the totality of the story. We know that the resurrection is at the core and vital to everything that we are. So for us today, that's our question. Do you believe this, the resurrection and the life? Because in believing that, your life looks different today and for eternity. But before we jump into that, we're in the midst of a study right now on just understanding the story of God. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this apart in a little bit of a theological way so that everybody here today, whether you're following Jesus or not, whether you're online or sitting or in some room off to the side, we all have a very congruent and clear understanding of what the gospel message is. There's three points to it. So there's three tenses, three times, three places of salvation. There's the past, so the before Jesus time, the present, the with Jesus time, and the future, eternal with Jesus. There's the past being that point of conversion, the present being our Christian life that's lived out today, and the future being after our earthly death and we enter into eternity. So with this, these are three very churchy words, but those that I think that are important to understand. Justification, sanctification, and glorification. These kind of capture these three tenses of what we're gonna talk about today. The first one being justification. This is the point in time where Jesus meets us, everybody who wants to enter into a relationship with him. This is the beginning part of our new life. It's the point in time where we realize we're in desperate need of a remedy, a cure for our sinful state. See, justification is God acts, acting to remove the guilt that is from us, the penalty that is upon us because of our sin and our separation from him, making us not sinners anymore, but saints putting us in a position now that we are not seen based upon our sin, but we're seen through the mediator's eyes who is Jesus. And believe it or not, he looks at me and says, he's part of us. 
Even though I've done horrific and awful things and I've sinned and I've treated people poorly and I've done wrong and I was wrong before God, justification brings us to this place where there's reparation for my wrong. See, Jesus comes as atonement, paying the price and making the payment for what is due because of my unjust, sinful ways. So we were doing wrong before God. We were in the midst of a catastrophic mess, heading towards a cliff in a fiery, out-of-control life. We were in need of rescue. And that's what today reminds us of, that Jesus has provided the means to make things right and to save you, a liberation from sin and a totally new life. Colossians 1 says this, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves in whom we have redemption from the forgiveness of our sins. So in the midst of this, he has rescued us. We find rescue in Jesus. Jesus is the only means before God to remedy the problem and the, the awful mess that we find ourselves in because of our sin. So I've been researching, I think this is probably the most deadliest year for avalanches in Colorado. And I've known a couple people that have been caught in them and some folks that I used to go to high school with that are on rescue teams. And it's just crazy when you think about an entire side of a mountain coming down. At that point, yeah, you might have beacons on, you might have people around, but when you're covered with six feet of snow or three feet of snow, there's absolutely nothing you can do. You know, there's some things that they tell you to do, like create a bubble, like that's going to help, spit so you know which way to start digging. But in the midst of that, you're really hopeful that a very well-trained avalanche rescue team comes along really quick because that's the only means for rescue. And when you look at these avalanche teams, they train. Uh, They're very specific in their training, and they're very exact in the way that they do things and the tools that they bring. And in that moment, you're hoping that they come and they do exactly what they're intended to do. Well, the same is true for us. I believe that before Jesus, we're all drowning in sin, in the darkness of this world, like being covered in an avalanche. You know, that feeling that you're just, oh, and you can't move and you can't do anything. And this avalanche is just pressing down. And in that moment, you're hoping that there's something and someone that could rescue you. Well, for us spiritually, that's the Lord. And he has come down and he has reached into our lives to make things right before God. It is the only way to dig us out, to uncover us from the weight, and to free us from that just fearful. I mean, just thinking about being suffocated with sin, rolling down mountains to cover us. But we get our whole life back by things being made right through Jesus. That's the first point. Justification comes. It's a point in time that we're made right before God. It says that we were once old, but now we're new. It says that we were once lost, but now we're found. It says that we were once dead, but now we're alive. We were once captive to sin, but now we're free in Christ Jesus. Which brings us to our life today. For those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they find themselves in a place trying to live the Christian life. Trying to do things in accordance with the obedience that God has asked of us. To moving towards separation of the power of sin. 
So today, we find ourselves working to try to become more Christ-like, to try to become more holy as he is holy. But dang, that's tough, isn't it? Because life is tough. Our old life keeps hollering at us. Hey, Kev, remember when we used to do these things? Remember when these things were more important than Jesus? Why don't you come back? Let's still be a part of these things. Everyone in this room knows what they are because they holler at all of us in one way or another based upon our journey and where we've come from. But the sacrifices that Jesus made on the cross provides us opportunity today, today to be free, today to be able to walk in a way that we're not held by this bondage of sin. Yes, we're still in an evil world, and yes, we will still be confronted by the things around us that are sin. But as new creations living in Christ Jesus, the power of sin is no longer the gasoline within our hearts driving our sinful lives and our disobedience. Second Peter says this, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I hope on days like today, where we come and we celebrate the resurrection, we're reminded too of who it is that we've become. Because of the resurrection of Jesus and us saying, I believe this, we have an opportunity today to move in such a way that now we are seen in God's eyes as having been raised with him already. Yes, we will be raised again into eternity, but right now, Christ sees you as part of his family. Therefore, we must fix our eyes upon the Lord. Growth and maturity being made into Christ's image, living obediently for him, his ways and his truth. It's important because without this belief, it would be very easy for ourselves to find other ideals or other things reaching out and trying to grab a hold of us. And there are plenty today. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of this world trying to captivate us, is there? My wife asked me yesterday, she goes, have you heard of the Satan Nikes? Nikes? Have you heard of this? So there are actually Nikes out there that were made. They've got a drop of human blood in them, and they made 666 of them. So our culture is in a place right now where this is okay, but celebrating life in Jesus. Nike? Nike? What did I say? Nike. Okay. So Nikes made the shoe, and now they're saying, well, we didn't mean to, but somehow 666 of them got made and are being bought up within moments sold out because people are wanting things that are not of God. We've got to be reminded of our position. We've got to be reminded of the way that the enemy is trying to come against us at every turn. In our sanctification, we've got to continue to hold fast to the things we know true, to represent Christ, even on days like today where it's pretty easy because everybody's kind of Eastery today, right? He's risen. But tomorrow, what does it look like? When you go to work, when you go to school, has he risen tomorrow? Yes. Forever. Thanks, Karen. Second Corinthians says this, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. See, there is an inward control. The compelling part of this for us 
It's like now we have this inward control that's driving a new direction and a new value for our lives. Live for Christ. Understanding what it means to truly live for him. Allowing his ways to become higher than your own. It means to strive and pursue him regularly. So to live as Christ and to die becomes gain. To have a mindset that is to live as Christ, but to die becomes gain. So when these scriptures are telling us that we should be compelled to live for Christ, what does that look like for you? I mean, what does it really look like? Because I, I, I take this and I wonder what the world would do if we were to say to live is and to die is. So, but the world might say something different. The world might say to live is accumulate as much stuff, get as rich as you can, drive the nicest things, buy the nicest houses. To live is to look this way, maybe to dress this way, right? <laughs> to live is, but to die is that, oh, I lose it all. To live is to accumulate and to die is to feel bad because I can't take any of it with me. I lose my possessions. But in our understanding and sanctification, it is to live as Christ because I'm just doing everything for him. I'm going to try to move in such a way that my life represents Christ in everything. And when I die, guess what? It gets better. That's sanctification. To understand what it looks like to truly live in such a way that you're excited for heaven. Which is our next point. And that's the next phase. I think a lot of people are afraid of this next phase. Yeah, I mean, there's part of me, like, I don't want to drown or burn or, you know, I don't, I'm afraid more of the act of death than anything. But when I think about it, the things I'm most worried about is missing my friends, my son, my wife. What are they going to do without me? And that's hard, right? So as part of this progression, though, we've got to understand that we've got to celebrate the transitional phase of glory. Like, we've got to see it in this place. Like, that is, that's actually winning the prize. That's the place you want to be, to live as Christ and to die as gain. So when we look at this and we start telling people what it looks like to be a follower of Christ and what the resurrection really means, it means that we finally get to go somewhere where there is no presence of sin. Our earthly death means an entering into an eternity with a living God. Absolutely no pain, no sorrow, and no sin. See, the death of Jesus ultimately provides us eternal life with our God. For glory is the final realization established today in the resurrection of Jesus. And glory is reserved for you. For those of you that believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is no question. Your place is preserved. You have been marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit the question is, do you believe this? Philippians 3 says that many live as the enemy of the cross. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is only set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eager, eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enabled him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. So what does today mean? It means that. That for those who believe it, the resurrection and the life, 
we have the opportunity to be called sons and daughters of the living God, to be ushered into a place where he will transform our lowly bodies into the same glorious body as him. There is no controversy in this. There is no squabbles in this in heaven right now. This is the way that it is, that it has been, and that it always will be. So the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. See, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Jesus goes and he sends the Holy Spirit to now seal you and dwell within you. This is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And it'll also bring your mortal bodies to life through the spirit that dwells in you. This is Watchman Nee says this, our old history ends with the cross, our new history begins with the resurrection. So when we look at today, we recognize um, there's, there's a lot that goes on with an Easter Sunday. Someone actually joked with me this week. He's like, are you ready? You ready for the Super Bowl? And I kind of, I chuckled it off. I was like, ah, you know. We treat every day around here as it's the Super Bowl. We treat every day around here as it's important. But I was driving away thinking about that. I was like, you know what? Today kind of is the Super Bowl for Christianity. I mean, it's, it's the day that marks all of who we are. It's the moment in time where the resurrection comes and it changes literally everything. Nothing is the same after this. So it is kind of the Super Bowl. And yes, we should treat every day as if it's the Super Bowl because tomorrow doesn't change and yesterday's the same. We still live in the midst of this resurrection. So when we look at what it looks like to be justified before God, to be made right, to then be able on, on this journey of sanctification, to be able to look to what it means to be in a place where we, we know that glorification is before us. That is what resurrection and the life means. There's no other way to get that stuff. Like there, no, there's no kind of, let's kind of move this around and that around. This is the recipe. This is the directional thing. This is the North Star of what we're thinking about here today. So when we read this question from Jesus again, Read it in a way that it is speaking directly to you. Jesus says to you, I am the resurrection and the life. No one comes, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? So the fortunate thing today is Easter falls on communion. So the thing I love about communion, if you guys don't have communion on you, just raise your hand. Pastor Gus will bring you a communion cup. Um, so just raise your hand up if you need one. And then he'll walk around and make sure folks get some. But the, the joy of communion for us, it's an ongoing ordinance where we celebrate and recognize the death and resurrection of our Jesus. We recognize the importance of it. We do it every month here because we realize it is just important. I tend to forget. So the beautiful thing today is that we get to take this together and remember. Remember what it is that Jesus has done for us. What it has provided for us. And this image for me is just, it's a powerful image, which... It's the moment in time that Jesus reaches into our lives and just says, I, I will rescue you. 
So when we come together, Jesus with his disciples broke bread and he passed it around and he had everybody take a piece. He said, guys, this is my body, my body which will be broken for you. Today we take it in remembrance of the body that was broken for you. So let's take this together. And then he filled a cup up and he passed it around and he said similar things, but he said, this is going to be my blood that will be shed for you. For us, it has been shed. It symbolizes uh, the cure of our sin being washed away by the blood of Jesus. It also symbolizes the new covenant that we now rest in, the old being gone and the new coming. So when we drink this, we drink it in remembrance of his blood being shed, but also the fact that he's coming back to get us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us enough that even in the midst of our junk, even in the midst that we were still sinners, rebellious, doing things against you, you came and died. God, thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and that now dwells in each of us that believe. Father, I pray that as a church we would continue to rise up, be ambassadors of hope in and around us in everything that we do. Help us to model what it looks like to be followers of Jesus. Help us to look forward to glory, the moment in time that we have the privilege, the opportunity to step into sinlessness, into a place where there is no pain, and celebrate, ex explore, and adventure with you, God, for forever. Pray these things in your name. Amen. I see your face in every sunrise The colors of the morning are inside your eyes The world awakens in the light of the day I look up to the sky and say You're beautiful
tree You bled and then you died And then you rose again for me Now you are sitting on your heavenly throne Soon we will be coming home You're Now 
Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ, my living hope Isn't that a great picture? Of Jesus tearing through the shadows Or the snow that's piled on top of us reaching down and pulling us out of the mire. Thank you, Jesus. Who could imagine? Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame the cross has broken i am forgiven the king of kings calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever jesus christ my Say 
dancing, then came the morning, then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the darkness, the roaring for your death and thank you for your resurrection God we believe that you are the resurrection and the life we believe God help us to live that belief help us to be able to say that to live is Christ that every action defines you, reflects you. Help us to live for you, Jesus. God, would you put a, a new revelation of what that really means, not just living for Jesus, but living for Jesus. Help us to truly live for you, Jesus, to reflect your story, to reflect your resurrection, God. We are new creations. We're alive. Help us to live like that. We love you, Jesus. Would you go before us today? Go before us this week. Be glorified in and through our lives, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happy Easter. He is risen. Have a great